Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I think it actually worked that time. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's good to have you on, eh? Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate the invitation. Hey, no problem. So how's your night going? Uh, I don't know if you uh, gathered from our few conversations, but I'm a, a deputy sheriff down here in Florida during the day. So <laughs> that's what I've been doing all day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could see that because I watched you. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, let's try this again. Yeah. So, so you were saying there when we when everything went uh, off that uh, you're a deputy sheriff down in the Florida area, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so that must keep you very busy, especially in Florida. I heard it's pretty busy up there. Well, yeah, yeah, we have our. Um, I mean, it's pretty much busy all year round, but this time of year uh, we have a lot of the the northerners come down here because they're escaping all the snow and ice up there so they come down here so it kind of crowds our streets a little bit and we end up with a lot more crashes and stuff like that but I don't know I've been doing it for 21 years so I guess I'm just used to it all by now yeah I, I seen in your I was going to ask you about that too because I seen in your uh, on your YouTube channel for uh, Kiss Constrictors I was I was seeing you were uh, in your deputy gear and stuff like that, so I was gonna actually ask you that too. So when did you get into ball pythons and the the reptile hobby type thing? Oh, I was saying that um, when I was 19 years old, my mom and dad got sick and tired of the snow. We lived in Ohio, and they decided we were all moving to Florida, and. I mean, growing up, I was always fascinated with snakes and reptiles, but I I didn't really know anything about, you know, being able to keep them as pets. I just, well, I'm kind of in a rural area of my uh, county, so I tried to move my car in a place where I, I know I get pretty decent uh, cell phone reception, so hopefully we don't keep cutting in and out. Yeah, that'll, that'll be all right. Uh even if it does, we'll disconnect back and stuff till uh, the interviews over. And uh, so you you were saying you got into ball pythons and you moved to Miami and you were thinking about keeping them at uh, or people were keeping them as pets or something like that. No, no, I was saying that when I I lived in Ohio and oh. it just ball pythons or snakes in general were were never a part of anybody's. Uh, pet that I knew of anybody anybody I was friends with so when I moved to Florida I saw in a pet store that there was a ball python for sale and I didn't know the first thing about them but I all right so um no I was saying that um well I wandered into a pet store down here and I saw they had a ball python for sale and it was an adult I don't even know if I knew if it was a male or a female, but it was just a normal ball python. But it was the coolest thing I ever saw, so I bought it, knowing full well that my mom was terrified of snakes. But <laughs> I brought it home. <laughs> I brought it home and laid a guilt trip on her, like, "Oh, you moved me out of state. I have no friends, no family, and now I can't have any pets either." And uh, so I kind of, I kind of pulled on her heartstrings a little bit, and she. She said I could keep it as long as I built it an enclosure that I could not get out of. 
So, being the carpenter that I am, I built it this humongous monstrosity of a of a aquarium, probably big enough for a, a boa constrictor, because I didn't know any better at the time. And um, that uh, ball python did not eat for about 11 months. He didn't really lose any weight, but he just refused to eat anything. Well, I didn't know that I had had him in too big of an enclosure, and that was part of the problem. But anyway, that's kind of what started my uh, my fascination and, and uh, desire to keep reptiles. But then, um, I didn't really I didn't really expand too much right away. Eventually, I got a reticulated python because I figured, well, I'd take one of the small and one of the big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. And um, that was before they were outlawed here in Florida. And I kept, I kept the reticulated python until she was about 12 and a half, 13 feet. And I built her a humongous enclosure also. And she, she got big enough that she was definitely capable of being a threat to our little Boston Terrier. And that, <laughs> that kind of terrified my mom and dad. So I ended up trading her at a pet store for um, a baby carpet python. And shortly after that, I got hired at the sheriff's office and I had to relocate and I was going to be renting for a while. So I just got out of uh, reptiles altogether while I was getting adjusted to my new career. And um, fast forward about 10 years later. Well, no, it's probably about six years later. um, I got a pair of boa constrictors for my son for his fourth birthday. Well, one was for me and one was for him. And um, we just kept the two of them for a while. And then back in 2017, um, I got injured on the job and I was on light duty. And I just started really contemplating my life and what I was going to do if I could not go back to work. And so I just started brainstorming um, things that really interest me and what I would like to do for me. And I just decided, we had just went to the Daytona Reptile Expo for um, that summer. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to breed ball pythons. So once I got my wife's approval and blessing, then I started building a collection and building a brand, so to speak. Awesome. That sounds really cool. So that that kindled inside of you until it just came back in your life. It was like almost like it was meant to be a part of your life to, to get back with snakes after you had to do what you had to do because you had to relocate and uh, keep up with your job and stuff. And then they, then uh, shortly after you said you got back and you got your son a bowl and yourself a bowl. So that's, that's awesome how they came back to you like that. It's like, sounds like it was meant to be for me the way I'm hearing it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a strange uh, turn of events. Um, My wife was 100% the same mindset as my mom. There was absolutely no way in the world she wanted anything to do with any kind of reptiles. But I kind of weared on her, too, after a while, and uh, she agreed to the, the two boa constrictors. And even though she swore that she hated them, I built the the two boas in a, an amazing, uh, like almost like a walk-in enclosure, 
um, with a waterfall and trees and everything. And um, I would catch her in there just staring at the snakes. And I was like, oh, I thought you hated them. And she's like, well, it is pretty cool what you made for them. So she kind of got warmed up to them, too. And she knew that my son uh, really, really enjoyed his his uh, pet boa. So I think that was uh, part of what was uh, warming her up to the whole idea as well, too. So, so after you got into more ball pythons, like, did you end up getting a, a bunch of them? Um, yeah, when I got the green light from my wife to go ahead and, and pursue, um, you know, more of a, not necessarily a business in the beginning, but it was starting off as kind of a hobby. Um, and it really kind of still is. I mean, I'm not, not near, you know, pumping out you know, 200, 300 clutches or nothing like that. I think that our biggest season last year was, um, eight clutches, um, or maybe, no, it was seven, it was seven clutches. Um, so we're still, still on the hobby side of it. But, um, when, uh, when I got the green light from the, the spouse, we, um, me and the kids, it's really more of a, me and my two older children, my youngest daughter's getting more involved now, but, in the beginning, it was just kind of me and the kids thing. Since my wife really didn't care about the snakes, she just kind of accepted it. But we went to um, a couple of reptile shows, and <laughs> I was uh, trying to play like I knew what I was doing. And I ended up just buying a whole bunch of random stuff that I didn't. Nothing really had any rhyme or reason. It was just stuff that I thought was pretty. And but now that I know more about the genetics and stuff. Um, nothing really kind of fit together into a, an actual project. Um, and I, there was a, a reptile sh- um, store in Lakeland, which is real close to us. And um, I started going there and talking with them. And they kind of guided me a little bit more about, okay, well, if you're going to buy this, then you're, you know, these are the kinds of things that you can expect to make. And, you know, in the very beginning, I just, I was buying males and females equally. So I ended up with a whole bunch of males that really didn't fit any kind of breeding project and females that some of them were still, still pretty, you know, morphs and stuff, but just, I don't know. It was just kind of a bunch of hodgepodge of stuff. And, um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, you know, we started honing it in um, after the second. The first year, I kind of just got impatient. Um, my daughter was like, you know, you should. we went to a, a reptile expo in Tampa. And my daughter was like, you should buy a breeding female, a breeding size female. And that way we can, you know, get started with eggs and practicing. And I was like, you know what, that's a pretty good idea. She was only 11 at the time. I said, that's a pretty good idea. Let's try that. So I bought a just a normal pastel. And um, uh, I forget what we, how many eggs she gave us the first year. But uh, actually our first, our very first egg that hatched um, was a cinnamon pinstripe 
and we still we kept her as our first first baby that we ever produced. Her name is uh, Slinky. I don't know <laughs> why we gave her. I don't know why we named her Slinky. But I think actually my wife named her, and she just said, "I don't care if it's a male or a female, but you should name it Slinky." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so um, Slinky is. Um, I just weighed her yesterday. And she's up to 1,040 grams. So she's, our first baby is rapidly approaching breeding size. And um, I don't know, did I fully answer that question or did I kind of ramble on? No, no, you answered it. It's totally cool, man. I I like hearing about it. That's pretty cool that you kept uh, one of the ones you produced that's getting up to a breeding size too. And uh that, that's the whole joy of it that's uh, that's what i like about uh, breeding reptiles i'm not just in it to breed but i'm like i i love all animals in general but reptiles are my specialty i just uh i i, I like them reproducing knowing that it's contributing to a good thing and watching the birth happen or the eggs hatch right it's, it's always a, a beautiful thing to me oh yeah the first the first the first clutch of eggs that we um well i mean obviously the first one that first clutch um that we produced you know i'm sad to say that my lack of experience and i thought i was learning everything from youtube and everybody that seemed to be professional um my very first clutch made it all the way through incubation for the most part and then every single one of them started to mold and then I started reading about, oh, how do I stop this mold from happening? And so I was putting powder on them, and ugh, they all eventually just re- completely molded and died. And I was heartbroken. I was like, well, maybe this isn't for me. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to beat myself up over a loss. Everybody has losses. So you just uh, get back up on the, the horse, so to speak, and figure out what you did wrong and don't do it again. So, well, that was the only clutch that we lost like that. Obviously, there's been a few, um, like a couple of eggs that have been gone moldy here and there. But um, for the most part, we're having pretty high um, success rate um, for the eggs going full term and hatching. Um, but anyway, the the first clutch was just the one. We had um, nine, I think it was, or not the first clutch, second clutch was nine slugs and one egg. And that's the one that produced the cinnamon uh, pinstripe that we kept. That's Slinky. And then um, um, I lost my train of thought. What we were? Ta- what, were what was the question? <laughs> oh, about the eggs. Uh, about uh, the success rate of the eggs. And the se- second one, you said you had nine, or was it nine duds and one viable egg? Well, it was, it was nine slugs and, and one viable egg. And that, they kind of, I kind of learned a lesson from that too, because we bought that, that pastel female, um, as a, a proven breeding female. And the first year, like I said, she gave us nine slugs and one egg. Last year, she gave us eight slugs and one egg. And I thought, hmm, that's probably why they sold her because she just slugs out every year. So somebody suggested that maybe it's the males that are causing all the slugs being first time um, breeding males. 
but the first year was definitely that that was the case because she had a first so where did we leave off again um you know i was talking about the the success rate of our first um female that i bought as a proven female and i was saying that the first year that she pr- provided or you know uh, produced for us it was nine slugs and one egg and then the second year it was eight slugs and one egg and i was like well that's probably why that breeder sold her because she just slugs out every year so i don't i don't know if that's something that's possible where a female is just prone to produce slugs um somebody suggested to me that it's possibly um, due to first-time males being partially infertile, but the first year, well, definitely she got she had a, fir- a first-time male the first year, but the second year I gave her a proven male, so I'm not really sure if that theory holds water. Okay, yeah, they were two different males too, so yeah, I think you're probably right. What they could be the female just slugging out. She might not. Not all of them are are good to go right so that's just how yeah well she's sometimes i think she's gravid again so i'm gonna see what happens the third year to see what she produces for us and i gave her a different male again this year so we'll see what happens nice nice uh so anything cooking in the incubators yet or actually no i haven't had anybody lay any eggs yet i think i've got um, probably five or six that I believe are gravid. I don't have a, a an ultrasound yet, so I'm just going by um, their actual, you know, behavior. Um, those those five or six have always, always, always been really good eaters, and then all of a sudden they stop. So that that usually tells me that they're um, getting ready. Okay, so you know the signs to look out for. That's very good. Do you ever witness your uh, females having like ovulations where they like swell up? Um, yeah, actually, with you know, as busy as I am with my job, I don't get to to open every tub every day. But um, I did did witness um, my okay. So I was saying that uh, my my Enchi Lesser female that proved um, the first year, and I skipped her last year because. She just didn't put on enough weight to make me confident. Um, I didn't want to hurt her, so I didn't breed her last year. Um, uh, but she's she swelled up like I saw that that football shaped ovulation that everybody talks about. I saw that a couple of weeks ago, um, and she actually was with a male that I produced last year, who got up to a thousand grams like nothing. And I don't power feed at all once a week. But he just grew like a, a weed. Oh wow! Yeah, he he grew. He he was. Uh, he's a banana banana lesser inchy, and so I put him with um, the the lesser inchy. So there's quite a bit of possibilities there. Um, I'm like third year in a row trying to make the elusive bell. And I know that it's not that hard to do, but I've missed twice in a row. So 
the kids and I are just really excited trying to make our first white snake. Oh, cool. That'll be really nice. I, I wish you well. I hope that it does happen for you because those are beautiful snakes. The blue-eyed leucistics are awesome. I love the way they look too. Yeah, there's just there's certain projects out there that when I saw it, I was like, I'm not going to buy it. I want to make my own. So I started buying the, the correct ingredients to try to make my own of the uh, the few that I really wanted to see hatch on my own. Uh, the bell being one of them. And um, eventually, I thought I hit it last year. I thought I, I really want to make a killer clown. And I thought I got it last year, but then it turned out that it was just, they were just really bright coming out of the egg. And then they started to tone down a little bit. But I had three pastel clowns, but not, not the super pastel yet. Maybe this year, though. And that's what you call a killer clown is a super pastel clown? Yes, sir. Okay, I, I'm familiar with the the pastel clowns. I just didn't know the super pastel clown was called a killer clown. Yeah, pretty okay. much anything that has super pastel, they consider like killer. Like if you have a super pastel spider, then it's a killer bee. And super pastel clown is a killer clown. I'm sure there's other examples, but I don't uh, can't name them right off the top of my head. Okay. I'm still learning here always. I've been dealing with snakes for most of my life since I was about seven years old, and I'm always learning more, so I love it. It's always a learning curve for me. Oh, boy. When I when I first started getting into this, I, I, was like, I felt really, really over my head, overwhelmed, because I was watching YouTubers like uh, Olympus Reptiles. Um, he was, he was um, really, really more my speed on information and um, education I mean Matt Matt uh, over there in Kansas he's a he's a uh, deputy sheriff also or a police officer so me and him kind of have some stuff in common so I was interested in watching him and learning from him but then I was also watching um, some of the other folks uh, I don't want to name too many names because I know there's some controversy with some people and I don't want to get people <laughs> spun up over oh you shouldn't watch him because they're bad and whatever but I learn a lot from everybody I ever not everybody's perfect and not everybody can be perfect so yeah exactly I feel the exact same way so I, think... I just feel everybody will make mistakes so it's sometimes it's better to correct somebody rather than put them down it's better just to correct them if they're wrong yeah yeah I mean, there's just, I've every, I mean, I'm, I can say this name because there's a lot of uh, publicity around his name anyway, but Brian Barczyk, there's a lot oh, of people oh. that don't like him, and I don't have any reason not to like him. I have watched his YouTube from the very first time I started getting into this, and I mean, people can say what they want to say about his his practices or his husbandry or whatever, but he, I found him very inspirational. Like one, some of the things that he said in the beginning of his YouTube video about following your dreams and you can, you can do whatever you set your mind to. I was like, you know what? He's absolutely right. Cause I have been my whole life pretty much just working for somebody else wondering what it would be like to work for myself 
And so I thought, you know, there's no real way to do it unless you just jump out of your comfort zone and kind of do it. So that's when I started really looking into purchasing some more snakes and trying to create a brand and a, and a name. And it's kind of um, cool. I was trying to come up with a, a cool, unique reptile name for our for our business and um, our last name is Kistler K-I-S-T-L-E-R and when we when I was growing up you know being on baseball and football or whatever coaches and other players they just you know kind of give you a nickname and it was always Kiss um, so that's how uh, <laughs> we came up with Kiss Constrictors yeah it's very nice I like that name too it's very, very good thank you thank you and you got a good channel too uh, on YouTube. I I find it very interesting your videos and very uh, educational too. You can learn a lot from them. So I like learning through other pe- people's experiences, right? So I take in, uh, absorb as much as I can, right? So I'm always learning. Well, I kind of um I didn't want to do YouTube. I I'm not really kind of the kind of person that likes to be on public display, but my um. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I'm really, um, I'm really into my kids. I, that my kids are what drive me um, to do a lot of things. And I was noticing that my daughter, who was ten when we first started this, she was just kind of withdrawing a little bit from me. Like um, I'd ask her to do this or ask her to do that, and she just, I don't know, just growing up and she wanted to spend time in her room talking to her friends or whatever and I felt like I was losing a little bit of time with her so she had asked me hey dad do you want to do a YouTube channel with the with the reptiles and I was like no I don't want to do that and then I kept putting it off and then like I said I just felt like she was slipping a little bit further and a little bit further and I was like you know what that's good that's a good way to get her and me doing things together so I said, okay, let's do it. You can help me. We'll figure out how to do a YouTube channel. And well, I mean, in the beginning, it was a lot of silly stuff. Um, she wanted to do like some of the stuff she saw her favorite YouTubers doing challenges. And, and so we, we tried to do some of that. And um, some of it was funny. We tried to do, um, we created a, a skit. I think that one, one of that videos has got the more views than any of them. Um, I called it the heist and I got my little, um, I think she was three at the time, but I got my three-year-old dressed up like a bandit and recorded her acting like she was stealing a snake from the snake room. And then me and me and my uh, older daughter, we got to play detectives and figure out who stole the snake. And it it was fun. We had a lot of fun uh, creating that video. Nice. That sounds like it would have been a lot of fun too. So she, your daughter has basically got you into being a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's, uh, now she's 12, almost 13. And she's, I don't want to say she's lost interest. She's still, she's still into it a little bit, but, um, you'll notice that as the content went on, it was way less of my son who is now 14 and you know, he doesn't want his friends to see him on YouTube. Uh, so he's kind of got that teenager complex right now. 
um, maybe he'll come back around. But then it was more about me and my older daughter. And now it's a little bit less of her and more of my youngest daughter because she's still she's still a daddy's girl. She wants to spend a lot of time with me. And she thinks everything I do in the snake room is cool. So she likes to spend time all, all over what we're doing. And she's a ham for the camera, too. She likes to cheese it up for everybody. Oh, nice. That's that's super cool. Um, I have another question for you there. Um, is there any kind of like uh, snakes that are like your your dream mutation? Like, what morph that you don't have would you like to get your hands on? Oh boy. Um, that's a good question. Um. There, there is something that I'm secretly trying to make that I think is a world's first. I've been researching and trying to find it, and I don't think anybody else has ever made it. Um, so the ingredients that I got are almost ready. Um, I don't want to give it away because I want it to be a surprise when it happens. Okay, yeah, keep that one a secret. We'll, we'll keep that one a secret, but is there another snake that, that you're eyeing up that you would like to add to the collection? I really, really, really want to make some um, exantic clown combos. Um, those, I think, are really, really gorgeous. Um, I don't have anything yet to do that with. I do have an exantic bee and, and that's a female she proved last year and then an exantic male but none of those are head for clowns so it's either I'm going to have to buy something a couple, a pair that's het for clown or just go all out and buy something that's already visual but they're pretty pricey right now so um, I mean that I don't know I almost, I almost pulled the trigger um, a few months ago and bought a clown that was het for Exantic, but it just wasn't the right timing. And by the time I was ready, um, that that uh, snake got sold. So, as the old saying goes, if you snooze, you lose. And I lost. <laughs> That's okay. There'll be more. There's always more nice ones you'll see down the line, and you'll you'll get your hands on something you're you're bound to like for sure. And I and if you do. Uh, get that uh, exantic clown going on I definitely wouldn't want to see it for sure yeah yeah um, aside from that I, I really like pied stuff I only have one visual pied right now um, but I've got uh, I think one one of my females I believe is is gravid and she's a pastel that's het for pied and the, the father should be a banana vanilla that's het for pied so I'm hoping to make some vanilla um, vanilla pies or banana pies um, or probably sell vanilla banana pies, which I know the, the 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 odds of actual having visual pies I think is only like 25% of the clutch, so I'm not going to have that many visual pies, but um, I'm still excited to see what comes out of that combo. Nice, that's going to be a really cool one. So before I, we, we end this here, I'm going to end it, but uh, I, I want to give you a shout out. 
so people know they can check out your YouTube channel too. And is there any other social media places that they can find you, people that are listening in? So on YouTube, it's Kiss Constrictors with two Ks, K on the Kiss and K on the Constrictors. And then um, same on Instagram, Kiss Constrictors. I think it's Kiss underscore Constrictors. Um, I'm on Facebook, but it's just under my, my name. I never... I didn't want to change it to um, a business um, page because I, afraid, I was afraid that, um, I don't know what I was afraid of. I just think that it would um, lose some of my family members because I don't, not all my family members are really into the snakes. I post mostly the snake stuff on Instagram, uh, sometimes on, on Facebook, but on Facebook, I'm just my name, Jeff Kistler. Um, I don't do Twitter and um, not on TikTok or anything like that. Okay, so they can reach out to you for, on Facebook, Jeff Kistler, and uh, YouTube, uh, Kiss Constrictors, spelled with two Ks. Yes, sir. And then also on IG. On Instagram, too. And is that that's Kiss Constrictors, too, on Instagram? Yeah, I think it's Kiss underscore Constrictors. Okay. Nice. I'm on uh, Instagram too, so I'll I'll definitely be adding you there. Oh, cool. And, and once I uh, air the podcast, I'll uh, send you a link to it too, so you could uh, have it as well. And uh, we'll wrap this up here. It was nice having you on, Jeff. Maybe we'll do a future one if you're up for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I always enjoy talking about my snakes. I feel like I should ask you a few more questions about yours, though. No, that's okay. I, I, I don't mind being open with what, what's going on. See, I, I used to have a lot of snakes and I had a, a quite a big collection and I was in a, a, a relationship that it, it didn't end the nicest and uh, the girl I was seeing sold all my reptiles on me so I had to start back up from rock bottom. Oh so goodness. right now I'm in the... Yes, yeah, things don't always go good. I don't, I, it takes two to tango, so I don't blame anybody, though. You know what I mean? I just like to keep positive, and I'm moving forward with life, and uh, yeah, I'm starting up from the, from ground bottom, ground zero, and I'm going to build a, 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 my brother said, because I live on a big property, right? He said that I could uh, build a little reptile facility here on his property. So, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to pursue my dreams and not let nothing hold me back so it's funny that you say that because um one of my customers that buys rats from me on a regular basis he hasn't bought rats in like three weeks and so i kind of reached out to him i was like you okay i haven't heard from you and he's like i have some devastating um stuff happen and i was like what's going on and he's like um, I was sent out to Texas to work and I was gone for a month and my my girlfriend was supposed to be taking care of all of my animals and when I came back home she had let's just say other visitors in the home and using uh, illegal substances and all kinds of all kinds of uh, random stuff that you could think of would be going on while daddy's away and um, so they've split up and now she's holding his animals hostage saying that he can't have any of them and she's 
selling them all and he's not getting the money and so he's reached out to me you know as a friend but also in, in law enforcement to ask him what his rights are and it's just a big mess i feel bad for him oh yeah that's a terrible situation i totally feel bad for that guy too and can totally relate so that's that's not really cool that uh that happens hopefully he could uh get get back up from ground zero himself right and uh make a fresh start yeah he he was uh apologizing to me earlier tonight saying i'm sorry that you're losing a customer and i said i'm not worried about that i'm worried about you getting back on your feet because i know that you'll get you know you'll get right and you'll get squared away soon enough and then you'll be right back to uh, your passion and your hobby because it meant a lot to him so i'm sure once he gets gets the legal stuff out of the way and gets his property returned to him then he'll be back where he needs to be yeah hopefully i hope it works out for that guy too for sure i always like to see people do good and succeed in life so that that'll be a good thing if he could uh pull his way out through that and recover fast from that yeah i hope so too Okay, Jeff, so it was nice having you on, and uh, I'll be in touch with you sh- shortly, too. I want to invite you to one of my groups, because I think you're in the Blue-Eyed Leucistic group, but I want to get you in the Wild About Ball Python group, so I have another group. Okay. And uh, I will definitely be sending you an uh, invite right after we get off here, so uh, be uh, looking out for that. I sure will. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, it was nice talking with you there, Jeff, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, thank you. Have yourself a good night. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.